Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Second Wife Life. We have taken a little break and we're back. We've just been doing a lot of life stuff. Um, Melissa's been busy with school, which she's crushing it. And my family and I just went through a crazy home remodel. So life's been busy for the both of us, but we're back. We hope you guys missed us because we missed you. (laughs) But that's a little life update coming from both Melissa and I. But today... We kind of want to talk about um, relationships with the other side of the family. We talked about meeting the bio moms and our relationship with the bio moms, which is a civil one. And we communicate when we need to, but we aren't like best friends with them. But um, Melissa and I want to talk about having that connection with the other side of the family, regardless. Melissa and I actually both have really good relationships with um, basically our husband's ex-mother-in-laws. And, you know, we think it's good that even if you can't have a relationship with the bio mom or bio dad, that you could still have a good relationship with someone else on that side of the family. And it's good for the kids as well as your relationship and, you know, connecting with the other side too. Definitely. So like, I know for um, Colby and I'm sure it's similar for Dave, like, you know, their ex-mother-in-laws had, um, had a lot of weight, you know, like this is their child's grandparent, you know, so there's still going to be that communication just because there's a divorce doesn't mean the family ties need to be completely severed. Um, I know that, um, we'll, we're going to use code names here. <laughs> um, so like D is Colby's, um, he considers her a mom to be like very transparent, like their relationship never went through like a lull or suffered like while Colby was going through his divorce, um, with his ex, you know, his, I, I can't even call her his ex-mother-in-law. Like she has become a mother figure to him and she has taken on that role and accepting me like as, you know, Colby's figurative mom. Um, she's welcomed me completely. Um, her and I have a really good relationship. And again, to your point, like it's important for the kids to see that, you know, just because their biological parents split up doesn't mean that they have these huge separate families that we can still all be together in some form. We're just not together with their like biological parents specifically. No. I don't know if any of that made made sense. That was kind of confusing. <laughs> no, I think you said it perfectly, but maybe it's because I understand the situation. So like, <laughs> sorry if you guys are confused out there, but no, Melissa makes really good valid points. And it's kind of similar with, uh, Dave and his ex mother-in-law we'll call her a, um, sorry, I just got like a pretty little liars flashback with the a thing. (laughs) I don't know if you ever watched that show. (laughs) Anyway, this is not pretty little liars. The a, this is an awesome woman by the name of a, um, she was Dave and her always had a great relationship when, He was dating the bio mom when he was married to the bio mom. And to this day, they have an amazing relationship. And she looks out for both the both of us like no other. 
And I remember meeting her for the first time and she was telling me how special Dave is and she'll always cherish Dave and he'll always be her son-in-law is what she told me. And she still refers to him as his son-in-law and then refers to me as like her daughter-in-law too. So um, she's an absolute angel and sweetheart. She, we hang out with her all the time. She invites us to dinner. We invite her to dinner. She takes care of us. Um, We take care of her, but you know, I think, and it's good with, with E to see that dynamic with us. And he calls her his Nana and having that relationship with her. And, and like Melissa said, and like I said earlier, just because you don't have that relationship with the direct parent doesn't mean that there can't be a relationship with some part of that family and to have some kind of connection with that family. And Melissa and I are very grateful that we have the ex-mother-in-laws in our lives and they are both wonderful people that we can look up to and, you know, have that family connection as well. Like we even invited our, or I, I just said our, we invited a to our wedding. Like she came and supported us at our wedding. And when she found out we were engaged, she was crying and so happy. And, and I think it's, it's when you have someone like that, that is very supportive of your spouse or your partner, it makes you transitioning into this family dynamic even easier too. I think it's it's crucial that when you have that one person that's welcoming you, even if it's not the bio parent and it is the grandparent or it's an aunt, uncle, whatever, it makes the transition coming into this crazy dynamic, I think, in my opinion, a lot easier and a lot more welcoming and inviting too. Yes, it definitely does. I mean, for you know, for both of us, like it's scary, you know, we're coming into this dynamic and you have these hopes that like, oh, you know, the bio mom and I like will get along and things will be good, you know, cause you have these expectations that like you hope will happen, but then you are humbled by the fact that, you know, they're not, and that's okay. Um, so having a supportive grandparent or aunt and uncle who like welcomes you in is, so like relieving almost like it's okay like they respect me I respect them like we have an open line of communication and same with D like she I mean our wedding got canceled because of COVID um but you know she was intending on flying all the way from the east coast out to Hawaii for our wedding. She's been so involved um, with Colby and I as well with O. Um, but just like embracing our relationship. Um, when we went back to the mainland on vacation a few years ago, she had us over for dinner so she could meet me in person. And, you know, her and I have stayed in communication. It isn't just like through Colby or through O. Like her and I will communicate on the side together and text and phone calls together. Um, And it's really helpful to have, you know, someone from like that side of the family welcoming you in. And I mean, like I mentioned before, like Dee is more of a like mother figure to Colby than even the bio mom. Her and Colby have a stronger relationship than her and the bio mom. So like there's like different family dynamic in that like, D is not the bio mom's biological mom either. Um, she had taken on a role of like uh, raising her in, in her teenage years. So um, that just like probably made it even more confusing. <laughs> 
Um, but bottom line, like this is O's grandma on that side of the family, but she has really turned into like a mother figure to Colby. And, you know, we just know her as grandma D like it isn't, Oh, you're bio mom's mom. Like it's not that grandma. She's just grandma D. Um, and having that, that dynamic has, has worked really well. And just the welcoming piece is so huge. It's so huge. And I know like not everyone is fortunate enough to be in situations like us to maybe have someone on that one side that they're close to. Um, Maybe your partner or spouse isn't close to anyone on that family. And unfortunately, that's just maybe the case. But I think in a lot of situations, I feel like there is always that one person that you are kind of close to going into this dynamic and on the other side. And, and for us, these were the bio moms moms. Um, and I know for us with a, like, like I said before, like she invites us out to dinner all the time. We invite her over, like our house was finally done and she came over to see it and she brought her sister with her. Who's an absolute sweetheart and angel too. And E was here too. And it was just like a good family moment that we could have with E with his Nana, with his great aunt, you know, it's like a, it's a good thing for the kids to see that maybe the parents don't get along, but there is still that family dynamic and closeness with someone in the family. And you could still have that relationship. And, and similar to you with D, you know, A and I will text on our own and we'll call each other on our own and we'll plan things or she'll text me randomly, just check in like, Hey, sweetie, thinking of you, how are you today? You know, like little things like that. And I mean, it's, I, I cannot stress like, going into a situation like Melissa and I went into when we were first dating Dave and Colby and having that, that person that's like so welcoming and so friendly is like huge. And unfortunately that's not the case for everyone. And I I feel awful, but if you are going into a situation like this and your partner is still really close with the ex-mother-in-law or say they weren't married and it's, you know, the mom of the ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, I say, take that for granted. Don't go into that thinking it's weird. Yes, it is weird. I'll admit it is weird at first, but take advantage of it because having that, that relationship already there. And then you coming into it makes going into this dynamic and the situation that you're entering a lot easier than you may think it is. And I hope that makes sense (laughs) as to what I'm just saying. (laughs) It's, It's not as scary when you have someone who's like, welcoming you um I think you know in the moment it's definitely a little scary like I remember the first time like being on FaceTime with D and I'm like hi (laughs) you know it's like a little uncomfortable and you're a little nervous um and then same like you know the first time that you know we went over to their house and we had dinner like of course I'm gonna be a little nervous um but then like two days later we all went to Disneyland together with my mom and D and O and Colby so it was the five of us um and that was when like my mom was meeting D also, you know, so it was like the two like grandmas together and it was just such a good time. And we were all able to like really connect. And I think that's that moment that like propelled us forward. And I like really felt like accepted, um, by, by her, um, and then also too, like another point is maybe it's not a grandparent 
you know, it could be an aunt or an uncle. And I know like for us, um, O's aunt on his like biological mom's side, like she has, you know, stayed in contact with Colby, you know, to check in on, oh, like, how's he doing? Can we FaceTime? Um, you know, it was so sweet. Like he lost his first tooth and, you know, she saw a picture of it on Facebook and she sent him, you know, a card and like a little gift card for it, you know, and like, that was just so sweet that, you know, he might not be getting that from like his biological mom, but like, he's still getting that like love from that side of the family through his aunt. And then obviously grandma. Um, but well, especially in your situation too, where like you guys have full custody of O. So they don't see him a lot, you know, the, especially the aunt. So for her to have that relationship with Colby and still want to do all those things for him, that like speaks a lot of volume too. Definitely. And like same thing for Christmas, you know, and Colby was gone um, earlier this year for about a little over two months. And, you know, she even reached out to me like, hey, I'd really like to talk to him. It was hard to like coordinate when, um, but just the thought that like she, she reached out and like, wasn't afraid to like come to me and, you know, it just shows that like, okay, she doesn't hate me. Like, you know, I don't know her. I've never met her. She's just looking out for her nephew. Like that's what an aunt does. And it, it was just nice that like her and I were able to like have a little conversation and, um, and she's just, she's doing it because she wants to talk to her nephew. She wants her kids. So O's cousins, them to interact. And like, that's really what family is like for and about. We need to like take ourselves out of it, like drop our own egos and remember like it's about the kids. And that's what like A has done. That's what D and his aunt have been doing for O when it comes to that side of the family. It's true. And you make a really good point with that too. Like for us with having the split custody, like the only person that we really stay in contact with is obviously bio mom when we need to. And then a, the other side of the family, you know, we don't really talk to that often. Uh, the only other person we would talk to is a sister that I mentioned earlier. Uh, she has our numbers and we've talked to her at times if we needed to, but um, you know, it's, it's just depending on the situation that you're in with like you with the full custody or us with the 50, 50, or, or maybe someone has 60, 40 or whatever the situation may be. If you can find that one person to connect to on the other side, especially if your partner already has that relationship, it, it definitely makes the whole process process smoother, <laughs> I guess you could say. And I remember like the first time I met a was the same day I met bio mom. Like it was all at that birthday party that was at the bowling alley. They were all there. So it was a huge, like, like you talked about meeting D for the first time on FaceTime and then going to Disneyland and then having that lunch or, or the dinner. But for me, it was like, everyone was all at once. It was like, bam, 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 bam. Here's mom. Here's grandma. Here's boyfriend. Here's cousin. Here's auntie. Here's the, you know, like it was a whole line of people. Um, but over time and seeing them at, you know, sporting things and this and functions and, you know, a always staying in contact with, with Dave and texting her or texting him on her own or whatever that allowed me and her to start having our own relationship because of the fact that her and Dave were so close. And I'm very grateful to have her. 
I know like at the beginning, I, I said this once before, it is weird. I'll admit going into it is a little weird, but I could not be more thankful for her or grateful for her. She's like a blessing in disguise and so sweet. Like I said, we had her at our wedding and a lot of people said to me, that's weird, <laughs> but they didn't understand the like relationship that Dave and I had with her and that she is like another mom to both of us. Um, like the easiest way I explain her is another mother-in-law because that's the only way I could, if you don't know the dynamic, that's the best way I can explain her. But um, I just, I think overall, like as I, I've said this before, not everybody has that luxury of, of what Melissa and I have, but if you can make it happen, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I don't know how you can make it happen, but I highly recommend it if you can. <laughs> I think it's really important to go off of like your partner or your spouse with that. You like, don't like force a relationship with anyone on that side of the family, unless that relationship is already like well-established by your partner spouse, you know, like you don't want to cross the boundary or like overstep any, any lines with that. Like if your partner or spouse has a great relationship with someone on that side of the family, like then you attach yourself to it. And that's what, you know, like Shay and I were both able to do, but there was no way I was going to go out on my own and be like, okay, what member on that side of the family do I think will be the nicest and most accepting of me? Like I can pretty much guarantee you, like that is not the way to do it. (laughs) No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I agree. Like I said, like if your partner already has that relationship, that's great. Don't force it. But if you can maybe, even if they don't have that relationship, but maybe you can help get that relationship, go for it. I highly recommend it. But I think the biggest thing that Melissa and I have said over all of these episodes is don't force anything. (laughs) Right. That's like, if you take one thing away from all of our podcast episodes, it's don't force anything like it'll all come naturally and if it's meant to be like that's how it will be um and then I also think it's like worth mentioning too like I know for Colby and I like I personally feel much closer to D than like my actual in-laws um And I know that, you know, Colby, like I said, has like a really strong relationship with Dee and, you know, like, so essentially owes grandma and grandpa, you know, and I kind of, because Colby has that strong relationship with them, like I naturally like gravitated more to that relationship than, than like his actual parents, you know, like, um, D and G that's her partner um they they've been like so welcoming and reach out to us and um yeah it's just interesting to like see the dynamic that like they're you know not blood to either of us um but we feel such a greater connection to them and that's because of like the time and energy that they put into like having a relationship with us having a relationship with O. and I mean I can't speak for you um but it's just good knowing that like we have them and they've they've been like so helpful. I wish we lived closer to them. <laughs> um, Cause I know we would be that much closer, but considering the distance, like East coast to Hawaii, like we have such a great relationship and it's always like such a pleasure to like talk to them. And yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. I, and I think that's great too, that you can have that relationship and compare it to your actual in-laws. And I think that goes back to like family doesn't have to be blood. 
you know, you can choose, choose your family for sure. Um, I will say on our end though, is a, and my mother-in-law are still good friends and they still have a good relationship and they will text each other or call each other or help each other out when they need it, which I think is great too, that the two mother-in-laws that, you know, kids got divorced, moved their separate ways can still have a relationship as well. So a and my mother in law, like I said, still texts all the time, a will come by and say hi to my mother in law or vice versa, or my mother in law just recently made a cake for a's mom's birthday. So there's still that family dynamic. And I think that speaks volume to like, who these people are as humans, you know, like a and d, you and I both talked about how they're both very similar and they're both like angels and saints and just like these amazing humans. And because they're reaching out to us and taking a a relationship with us and an interest in us while also still maintaining the relationship with their ex in-laws speaks volume to who they are as people too. And I think that's the key to it. If if you have someone like that in your dynamic, that's, what's going to make it all work and make it all easier in the process too. All right. So I know that was just like a quick little, little blurb, I guess, um, on family dynamics with the ex mother-in-law, ex father-in-law, um, and anyone on that side of the family, just, it's important to have that relationship if you can foster it, if not, like it'll still be okay. Um, but if that relationship does come up, like we mentioned before, embrace it, don't force it, don't rush it. These things will come naturally. Um, and take advantage of it if you have it there. Like Shay mentioned, it's like uncomfortable and weird at the beginning. But, you know, now that we're a few years past that, like we couldn't imagine not having ARD in our lives. Um, so now we'll go into our mom wins and mom fails. I don't know if we're going to have any mom wins, but I definitely have a mom fail for you guys. Um, so... Well, I mean, it really isn't even my fail. Like this was Colby and O's doing, but, <laughs> but I was just like so busy in writing a research paper that I just wasn't even thinking. And normally this is like, I'm the one who polices this. Um, so Colby came back from being gone for a little over two months and we have a slope in our backyard, like on the hill behind our house. And it's, when we moved in, the boys were like, oh, we're going to make a huge slip and slide back here one day. Well, that day came and I kid you not, this was probably like a like hundred foot slip and slide. Colby went to the local hardware store and just got like those um, like clear plastic tarps and they built a slip and slide back there. So I'm like taking a break from my paper and I go watch the boys and like they're having so much fun out there. And Colby is like, oh, we need to like get slipperier. So we bring out some soap. The soap wasn't cutting it. Colby decides like vegetable oil, like that's the way to do it. So O is extremely fair skinned. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are crazy. Like don't come in the house all oily, like vegetable oil stinks. Like (laughs) I just like wasn't stoked about it. And then went back to writing my paper, right? And the boys come in and it's about dinner time. And O is bright pink like I have never seen a sunburn like this on him before like it was awful I felt so bad I was like oh my gosh I didn't think about sunscreen and it was like a partially like 
cloudy day, which, you know, when it's cloudy, that's when like the sun rays tend to be stronger. And that's when you get um, sunburn easier um, on top of the vegetable oil that Colby coated him, him in. And Colby also coated himself in it. So like Colby was super sunburned. <laughs> it, it was so bad. Like poor O it was like as pink as pink could be. I was worried that he was going to blister. So we like covered him in like coconut oil, um, made him like, you know, take a cool shower, wrapped him up in cool towels, made him drink a lot of water. I mean, it was just. I've totally been awful. there before though. Like. I we've we've had that issue once or twice like over the summer especially at the lake when we're out on the lake days and you just forget to like reapply or something and he comes back like a toasty little peanut and he just feels so bad (laughs) yeah and like his skin was hot like I felt so bad like we've I mean living in Hawaii like you get sunburn he's had sunburns before nothing like this like I wish I could have like I'm trying to think of something to like compare him to. Um, He wasn't red. He was just this like all over, like, you know, like Pepto-Bismol pink. Mm -hmm. Like that's the color that he was, but like everywhere, like his legs, his arm, his face, his ears, his neck, like it was so bad. Oh my gosh. So so that's like the fail. Like don't put vegetable oil. (laughs) Note to self, no vegetable oil. (laughs) So funny. Well, did it turn in? Maybe it'll turn into a tan. So maybe the oil will work for tanning eventually. I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean, he got like a little bit of color and I thought he was going to peel really bad, Um, but his shoulders peeled a tiny bit, but nothing major. So like the coconut oil and the cold like towel like we literally burritoed him in a cold towel (laughs) perfect Perfect. just to like cool his skin and everything yeah but yeah don't like waste money on like aloe vera like all that stuff has like rubbing alcohol in it which dries your skin up more like if you have a sunburn like get yourself some coconut oil it's the best thing you could do yeah I agree do you have a win to balance out my fail I I want to be so much of like a mom win but it's like like a kind of like what you're you've had a few wins like this where it's like Oh, gets complimented and it like makes you feel good and stuff. So, um, ours it, or yeah, ours, I'll say ours cause it's a group effort. Um, so E's had a long-term sub since he's been back in school, basically since November, um, right before they started doing the in-person, his, his teacher went on a medical leave and we found out today that the medical leave is being extended even longer. So he'll have the same sub stub same sub till the end of the year um well last week one of the moms sent a mass email out to all the parents saying that we would find out this week if it was this teacher's last day or not so she wanted to get her a gift and if it ends up not being her last day we'll just hang on to it and save it for the end of the year so she asked people to venmo her you know certain dollar amount so we Venmo her. I did it through mine. And I said, gift for Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. And then I wrote from Dave, E, and Shay. And um, she commented back on on Venmo saying, oh, my gosh, um, S loves E. I hear so much about him. He's such a great student and a good little buddy. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, that's really nice to hear coming from another mom and like a classroom buddy. And I thought it was really nice, especially because, you know, her 
this she has a daughter so it's not like you know boy on boy action going on but uh it was nice to hear that this girl <laughs> i know that sounds weird but usually you hear <laughs> it from like the other guy you know usually you get compliments from the other boy's parents or something like this so it's nice to hear it from a girl's parent and granted E's little cohort at school is only like five kids so it's small but um it was still nice to hear from a parent that you know their child loves E so at least you know E's not a bully or anything in school <laughs> no that's super cute it's always nice getting that type of feedback it is nice getting that type of feedback especially now with the COVID stuff and you don't see a lot of the parents anymore or talk to a lot of the parents or see the other students. Like when I pick E up, we meet at this one gate that he walks out with another classmate and it's the only other boy in his cohort, which is funny. Um, so they always walk out together and I see that mom and we wave and say hi and chat for a little bit, but all the other parents I don't see. So it's nice having that kind of feedback, even through Venmo that, you know, the kids still like each other in this day of age. <laughs> new friendships in all the places like how we were talking like where do we go and like find like friend groups for the boys you know and here Venmo's introducing you to one <laughs> I know right totally yeah I still need to we still got to figure that out I feel like this day and age is they need that social socialness back and trying to get E into something to be more than just five other kids, you know, or interact with more than just five other kids, especially more boys. So he needs that outlet with other boys. For sure. I think it's interesting that like the two boys in his cohort haven't like gravitated together because they're like the only two, but we're seeing that with O with school too this time around that like when we talked to him, like, Oh, who'd you play with recess or who'd you play with at lunch? You know, it's typically the girls that are in his class yeah we had that a lot with e the past couple years but i think but even this year because of the way our school district handles school right now like even their recess they're the five of them are literally stuck in like a circle together like that's like their zone or square or whatever it is and that's their recess so all five of them are stuck together no matter what so they don't have the option to branch off into groups like they would normally in school so even though him and the little boy walk out from school together every day, and it's kind of funny, they're always the last two and like the yard lady and I have become good friends. And, you know, the other mom standing there with her younger son waiting to, it's, it's, it's kind of comical, but anyways, they haven't had that chance to really break off because even at recess or snack break, they're stuck to like their zone outside because of COVID. It's super crazy. I can't imagine like being in school with all of this going on. Like the way that it is at our school is like your class is your cohort. So similar to you guys, but like they can like play and interact um, when it's at recess, but like they can't like sit next to each other at recess and like read a book together. If they wanted, they would have to like distance and like read to each other. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of together. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like, I guess they started bringing out on um, like the past couple of weeks, like the big like balls again to play handball and stuff like they're slowly interacting stuff, but they can't use their hands yet. They can only do it with their feet. So it's like kickball, essentially. So like they're slowly bringing things out. But for a while, like he would tell us like they would play charades at recess, like the little the, all five of them. 
you know, or things like that, because they couldn't go play on the playground. They couldn't touch anything. They couldn't touch each other. So they would play charades during their recess, you know? So at least they're using their minds and being creative in that sense, I guess. Yeah. This all just from like being in school and learning about like different like social experiments and things like that's just like what this reminds me of. <laughs> like what's going to come of all of this? I mean, for lunch, like they have to sit in like their little individual desks that are, you know, six feet away from other students and they like sit and eat lunch. Now they're like all sit there by themselves and eat which is great for O because he talks so much that usually at lunchtime, he wouldn't eat his lunch. He would be too busy talking. So by the time we'd pick him up, he'd be starving. And it's like, why didn't you eat your lunch? Well, I was talking again today. <laughs> so at least, you know, now he's like eating his lunch. Um, but it, like, it's still hard. Like I can't imagine it's like going out to dinner with like your friends and then not being able to like talk to them. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, for us, like I've said this before, like he only goes in person for two and a half hours. So his lunch is at home before he goes to school, but it'll be interesting to see how the fall, what they do in the fall. Is it going to go back to normal or how normal will it be? Will it be all day? Will it still be these cohorts situations? It's, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. But I just want them to, I want them to interact. They need that. They're little. They need that socialization. Yeah. And as much as they need it, like we need it too. You know, it's hard for us as like parents to like put yourself into like that imagination of a child. You know, they need other kids to like have that like play with them. Totally. And they just need to be around kids their age, like being stuck at home with adults for a year. Like that's rough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so much we can do on their level and so much that they can do on our level, you know, like they need that age matching scenario, or I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. They need to be with like their peers and equals. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with the fall. Yes. We'll see what happens with the future in general. (laughs) Yeah. Still uncertain, like more than a year later. I know. It's crazy. Well, guys, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.